This episode is brought to you by my new upcoming totally free live masterclass titled The Most Common Legal and Tax Mistakes at Each Stage of Business and how you can avoid them. On this masterclass, you'll learn whether it's time for you to go from a sole proprietorship to an LLC or from an LLC to an S-Corp, or if you have an S-Corp, how you can make sure that you're running it correctly. You will also learn how to get more profitable in a snap and put your taxes on autopilot, as well as how to make sure you're owning the CEO role in your business and managing the growth of your business without the fear that IRS hate mail or nasty lawsuits are gonna come your way. Also, at the end of the class, you'll officially be invited to join the spring 2021 class of Unfuck Your Biz. There will be a special bonus available only to those that attend the masterclass. So if you're curious about the program or know that you need to get a head start on avoiding these legal and tax mistakes we're gonna talk about, join us at www.unfuckyourbiz.com where you can register. See you there. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As you likely know, on Tuesdays, what we generally do is I take the time to answer one question from my free Facebook group, Braden's Bestie. So we collect all the questions when people join the group, and I pick one to answer each week. But we decided to mix it up. We're going to try something new. Please let me know after you listen to this, if you like it, shoot me a message on DM on Instagram or tag me on your Instagram stories, post in the Facebook group, give me all the feedback. What we're going to do instead is we are going to take the recording from our weekly Facebook lives. So every Friday in the Facebook group, I do a free live Q&A. We collect questions throughout the week. People show up live. I interact with them. I answer the questions. People will post follow-up questions, all that good stuff. So instead of just answering our one question, we're going to do some repurposing here. We're going to retake the recording from that live video and share it here on the podcast. So check it out. Hope you enjoy. Let me know. And here we go. Hello, if you are here live, please drop me a comment so I know that you're here. Also, put your name in the comment so I know who it is. Um, my software is like all wacky. It used to show me your names. It's not anymore. It may have been a setting. What we're doing today is last week's live that I totally missed. I really have no good reason for you all other than the fact that some days I'm just a little bit scatterbrained. I was sitting at my desk working noon came and went it wasn't until about three o'clock in the afternoon that i realized i totally forgot to do our live i don't know maybe i thought it was like thursday that day not sure but we had a lot of questions collected i didn't want to leave you all hanging so we're going to answer them right now so if you're here live let me know if you have follow-up questions to these questions put them in the comments if you have new questions put those in the comments um if you are watching this replay and you have questions First of all, comment on the replay so I know that you're here because I always like to know how many people are watching. But then if you're watching this later, you can put your questions on our new question collection thread, which will always be pinned at the top of the group. And then that way you can come to the upcoming live Q&A, which should be every Friday if I remember it, to get your question answered. So let's knock these out. Bristol. Hello, Bristol. Welcome to the group. You said I'm self-employed. I have a single member LLC and I know that I will, of course, have to pay taxes. My husband is an employee for a company. He's not self-employed, is concerned that if we file together, he will not get a return. So I'm assuming what you mean is a refund. Should we file together or separately? What are some pros and cons for this? So 
Bristol, it's a little bit complicated, but your husband's concerns are not unwarranted. The way this works is if we are married and we file our taxes jointly, then our tax is based on our household income. So for example, if let's say you're relatively new in business, your business profits $10,000 and your husband makes $90,000, your household income is $100,000. So you're taxed based on a married filing joint household making $100,000. So if we assume that you owe about a 20% tax rate, then 20% of 10,000 is $2,000. You should have paid that in your quarterly taxes. If you didn't pay quarterly taxes, then that will eat into what we would generally consider to be your husband's quote unquote refund. So if your husband were gonna get a $3,000 refund, now they take that $2,000 tax out and you only get a refund of $1,000. So on one hand, that sounds like bad, like we don't want that. But on the other hand, at the end of the day, you're gonna owe the taxes regardless. So if you were to file as single, or sorry, not single, you're not single. If you were to file as married filing separately, we could assume then that husband would get a $3,000 refund and that you would owe $2,000 in taxes because you both filed separately. But it's actually not even that simple because really when we file jointly, we get a little bit of a preferred tax benefit certain, um, we get like a different tax percentage. So really under that example, what might happen is your husband might then get like a $2,900 refund and you might owe like $2,100 in taxes. So you see it's less like, co it's like less tangled if you do it separately, but you're actually getting a better tax outcome if you file jointly. So that's the best way I can explain it to you without a lot of details. The reality is, is that it does get a little bit complicated, but ideally as you're working your way forward, you are going to be paying your quarterly taxes. So that's not going to like, quote unquote, negatively impact your spouse's refund. Uh, you can also consider this as like, it also really depends on whether you maintain separate finances, right? Because if everything goes into a joint account, then it doesn't really matter. You might choose to pay lower quarterly taxes and get less of a refund knowing that your spouse is having more than their fair share of withholdings coming out of their taxes. Now I'm rambling. Um, you get the picture. This is why I really like to teach what I call a conceptual understanding of taxes. Once you understand how all these nuances work, you'll be able to make much more informed decisions. And that's why I wrote a book, promo. Go grab a copy if you don't already have it. Once you read this, I promise you will, you will understand the intricacies of this much better. Unfuckyourbizbook.com, that's where you can go to get a copy. All right, next question. Kate. Kate says, I switched my business from a sole proprietorship to a single member LLC. When I file my income taxes next year, do I need to complete two Schedule Cs, one for the sole prop business and one for the LLC? The answer is no. So LLCs are disregarded entities, which means that they basically don't exist in the eyes of the IRS. So you file your taxes in the exact same manner you have before. It's like the exact same. You're gonna fill out the same Schedule C, same business name. If you like change your name with the LLC, that's fine. You'll just, on the Schedule C, you'll just put a new business name, um, but it doesn't really make a difference. You file them the same. All right, next question comes from, I think it's Kalia. Let me know uh, if you're watching this back if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. And if I'm not, give me a phonetic spelling for it. So that way I can get your name right next time. 
Um, welcome to the group. You said my company is currently a single member LLC. I now know that I'm missing important tax benefits because of this. How do I add a second member, my husband? Well, I, I wouldn't say that you're missing tax benefits. It's just that a single member LLC is taxed the same as a sole proprietorship. Really, the only way your business entity gets you tax benefits is once you form an S-Corp, but you have to hit certain profit targets in order for an S-Corp to really make sense. You may or may not be there yet. I do have a really great S-Corp blog on my website. Go check it out. That will help explain this. Um, how do you add a second member? I typically don't recommend that you do that, but if you are running your business with your spouse and you want to be equal members in the business, then you actually may need to convert your single member LLC to a multi-member LLC, which depending on what state you're in, is a little bit of a different process. In some states, you actually have to do an, an entity conversion and convert your entity, and then you would want to uh, update that in your operating agreement and in your meeting minutes. So I hope that helps. All right, Kate. Welcome to the group, Kate. You asked if I'm a sole proprietor, uh, owner of a brand new business, but didn't actually make money last year and didn't pay myself. Do I need to file quarterly income taxes? No. So first thing I want to note for you is that we don't file quarterly income taxes. We just pay quarterly taxes. There's a little bit of a nuance, but it's an important one because a lot of people think that they need to like file a tax return on a quarterly basis. For income taxes, we don't do that. You're just like literally going to make an online payment. And our quarterly taxes are based on a percentage of our profits. So on our taxable business income, we're only taxed on our net income or our profit. So if you didn't profit any money, then you don't need to worry about quarterly taxes. All right. Tawana, I think, is the next person. Let me know, again, if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. If I'm getting it wrong, please, please let me know so I can get it right next time. Welcome to the group. You said, what's the maximum dollar amount you can make before you have to file taxes? Okay, max. So I think you're asking, I think you meant to ask what's the minimum amount. So there is a threshold. I think the rule is if you have at least six, I'm, I'm kind of pulling this out of thin air, but I think the rule is if you have at least $600 in self-employment income, you have to file. Double check. We, you can give it a Google and double check that. But I tell people you want to file taxes no matter what, because the reality is, is if you only made that, if you only made that much money and had no other sources of income, you might actually qualify for a refund by getting certain tax credits, but you have to file taxes to get the refund. And if you made more than that, you have to file. So either way, I recommend filing every single year regardless. Okay, on to Brandy's question. Brandy says, a friend and I want to start a business together. We want to create a partnership agreement as well uh, or maybe in addition to creating a business structure, I'm thinking S-Corp. She's thinking multi-partner LLC. Two-part question, is a partnership agreement separate from a business structure? Yes. To make things easy, a tax time is a multi-partner LLC or S-Corp easier to file. So Brandy, a few things here. We This is a nuance, it doesn't really matter, but we call it a multi-member LLC. So you either have a really, okay, so this is the tricky part. Either way, you're going to form a multi-member LLC. I do not recommend general partnerships. So general partnerships are a no-no. You don't get any liability protection. So you want to have a multi-member LLC for sure. 
And then your question above and beyond that is, do I want my multi-member LLC to be taxed as an S-corp? You don't actually form an S-corp. You form the LLC first, then you make a tax election for the S-corp. And Brandy, when you have an S-corp, you have to put yourself on payroll. And when you have a business partner, you both ha you have to both you have to put both of you on payroll. And so you need to be making probably over $100,000 before you can do that. So a, an S-Corp election is not going to typically make sense for a brand new business. When it comes to the partnership agreement, another nuance, but when you have a business partner and you're forming a multi-member LLC, you have what's called an operating agreement. So similar to a partnership agreement, but operating agreements are for LLCs because you're no longer partners in a partnership, you're members in an LLC with an operating agreement. The language is a little bit different, um, but most of the same stuff is covered there. Brandy, I'm gonna recommend, um, I'm gonna recommend that you sign up for my masterclass that's coming up, unfuckyourbiz.com, because I will be pitching my course at the end of that. And in my course, I teach all of this step-by-step, -step, all the details. I think you would be the perfect candidate. So it's gonna be great. Um, I see that you commented and asked if you missed the live. I'm gonna do my best to reply to that comment right after this. All right. Um, and hi, Elizabeth. I hope you're having a good day. Thanks for coming. So last question comes from Brittany. Brittany says, how do you write off your home internet? Uh, my husband spends five days a week, 8 to 5 p.m. for work since COVID has forced him to work from home, while I tend to use about 30 hours a week. So Brittany, I don't know the exact rule for home internet, but typically I think we put that in the utility section when we file our tax return. So when you go to your tax return, sorry, it's the utility section underneath the home office deduction. So you're gonna claim a home office and then it's gonna ask you what percentage of your house is used for the home office. You input all of that, you input all your utilities and they based it actually off a square footage percentage. I'm almost certain that's where the internet goes. But if it's not there, you can put it under other expenses and treat it kind of like your cell phone. So obviously I have my cell phone. Weirdly, it's kind of an inception here. I'm watching myself on my cell phone so I can see your comments. But I claim a 50% deduction for my cell phone. It's pretty arbitrary. I'm basically saying I use it 50% for business, 50% for personal, for your internet. For your internet, maybe you're gonna say 70% business, 30% personal. It's kind of arbitrary. Um, but you want to, you know, you want to back it up, right? If you ever get audited, you would say, Hey, look, you know, we don't like, we don't really do Netflix. We don't really stream on it. So our internet for personal use is fairly minimal. We're mostly on it during the day, during business hours for business purposes. Um, for me, I would say I'm on my internet from eight to like three every day for work. I'm off the internet for a couple of hours and then I'm on the internet all evening for personal use. So for me, it would probably be 50-50 if I'm being totally honest. So I'm not positive it's one of those two methods, but your tax return software will walk you through it. And if you have a tax professional, uh, they will take care of that for you. So you just need to report to them. Either way, you just need to know how much you spent on internet. And then the software or your preparer will provide all the rules to actually allocate how much of that is deductible. So that's all I had for today. We kind of rushed through these questions. I hope it was helpful. Um, thanks everyone for coming. Uh, Kalia, welcome. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Again, let me know. 
And if you have questions for this week's Q&A, we've already posted the question collection thread. I'm going to remove the last one from the announcements and add the new one up to the announcements so it will pin it to the top. You can drop your questions there. And we are working really hard to grow this Facebook group. We want to make it as valuable as possible. So if you have friends that you think would benefit from the group, tell them about it and have them come request to join. That's actually easier than inviting them to the group. If you just tell them to come join the group, then they'll be prompted to actually answer our questions and they'll get in. So thanks again, everyone. I hope that you have a marvelous Monday and I will see you all this Friday. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.